This episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes, and more. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 14 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Today we'll be talking about colorful tools and projects. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. And so many. I, I we I, we tend to like episodes centering around color related things. We enjoy those those kinds of things. It's true. This is I think a different take than we have done before. <laughs> Yeah, I I think um, well, I I think we've touched on a few of these yes. things in maybe very very early episodes with Heidi, but um, we'll get there when it's, we get there. That's right. It's been um, a, it's been a while. Yeah, but before we jump into talking about colorful colorful things, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters who are supporting us at, shockingly, patreon.com slash serious crafts. Uh, thanks, everyone. You're the best. And if you, listener, would like to hear from us every week instead of every other week, you should join us over on patreon.com slash serious crafts. So the thing that really got me thinking about this topic is a link that Laura Howard, who is also known as Lupin or Bugs and Fishes, she sent me this. And I think we talk about her an awful lot. We do. Um, She, I mean, she came came up in like even planning a podcast things and whatnot. Anyway, uh, so this thing is called Permutation Patterns. And this website, which we will, the link will be in the show notes. This website lets you Put in five colors and then it creates all of the color order elements that you would, uh, the, the different ways that you could put these five colors in order. Yes, and it's really cool. It's, it's very fun to play with because you can change out and see how the colors play together, how to put them, you know, or all the ways that it, yeah. it looks different from things you can keep well and them... since it it's exponential yeah so you think there aren't going to be that many because it's five colors and you're looking right. at five colors but then you remember that math yeah and the yes you could 100% come up with all of these combinations on your own mm-hmm. but but it's to. nice to, but it's also nice to just see them laid out in front of you. Yes. All of them and all at the same time. Yes. Because, I mean, yes, you could come up with all of them by yourself, but I don't know that, like, it's much easier to compare when you've oh, got them all in front of you. Absolutely. And especially when you are talking about putting uh, together a project that uses all these colors, the the way that the colors interact with each other looks a lot of times different than what you expect it 
too. It has a different feeling to it. And even the, the way... default one looks exactly like the Pendleton um, blanket that's on my bed. There you go. <laughs> right now. There you go. They chose a good a good set of default colors, I have to say. But the... yeah, which are uh, like a slate blue. Oh, a orangey have... red. Oh, do you have different Wait ones? Wait a minute. Uh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what? I wouldn't have said slate blue. I would have said something closer to a navy, a navy blue. At least how it's showing on mine, and then. Like yes, red, orange, a dark yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yep. finishing off with cream ish. Mm-hmm. And it displays them as like concentric squares. Can you have concentric squares? Does that make does that work? Squares and squares and squares. I think of concentric I as mean, circles, but I don't know. That's what I tessellating. I don't no. know. No, I, I don't know. They're squares and squares. I mean, but yeah, squares and squares and squares. <laughs> and, and in fact. When it gives you all of these... Stacked squares? Yeah, yeah. When you look at all of the permutations of it, it already looks like a quilt. It does, and I kind of want to make a quilt specifically with all of the blue-bordered mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Because, I mean, those are colors that I mm-hmm. like. It's sort of like Spooky Halloween! Yeah. It would also But Spooky be... Halloween Twilight Nice. yes. It looks like my house. Yeah, it'd be ideal for making a granny square <laughs> quilt or afghan. Like that yeah. would that would work well. There's also an option on the site to click and add a border so you kind of get an idea of what if you were to put if you were to like join your blocks with oh, color. Yikes. The sample color there is terrible. But it just it's a small border. I don't but hate it as much as I thought I would though. <laughs> it's a it's sample a color. like It's like a cyan. Cyan. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think it's such a useful tool for if you were going to make a five color project like a quilt or an afghan. Ooh, like, I just found delightful. a really nice one though. <laughs> for the border or for the. Uh huh. Okay. It's just a, a turquoise color that ended up. That oh, yeah. must be just exactly um, close enough to be mm-hmm. weird, but not nope. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, but not nope. Yeah. I. Anyway. <laughs> I could definitely get lost in this particular site it, imagining projects that I don't have time to make. Which, I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to do that? Like planning projects that you don't have time to make? Isn't it's that life. what we do every day when we're supposed to be making something else? It certainly happens almost every time we record this podcast. Oh my goodness, it <laughs> sure does. Uh, I think there are multiple reasons that this tool is especially useful. And I think that, I mean, obviously it is colors that interact on a color wheel in a certain way, mm-hmm. um, which I will, well, one of us, I'm sure, will blather on about uh, color theory at some point. <laughs> but what it also reminds me of is uh, when I was in book publishing on like the actual working in books, not writing mm-hmm. books side, um, I was in marketing and so 
that included like catalog layouts and book covers and things like that. And we would do what I assume is like a really common art school or design school thing, which is to give something the squint test. Ah, yes. Um, I love the squint because, test. Oh, me too. And if you don't know what the squint test is, you literally just squint to take something out of focus and see if what you get has like distinct blocks of information Mm -hmm. that um that read to your brain in a way that allows you to take in that information in an orderly way yeah it it can it can help you like find out if your design is balanced it like both with yeah like the color balance i actually talked with someone who uses the squint test for their Christmas decorations when they like put the lights out in front of the house and on their tree. I mean, I use it for the Christmas tree. Oh, I use it for everything. But, but he was like, Oh yeah, you Mm got to stand out at the sidewalk and you got to squint at the house and make sure that it's all good. Yeah. Because then you can see if everything is um, distributed evenly. points out gaps in things and, Mm -hmm. and weird spots where you go, Oh, I have like, loads of this color over here and like it just looks off because there's nothing of that over here or whatever that may be yeah and so um what it also helps with is a thing that a lot of quilters do and I imagine that a lot of um uh, especially intarsia knitters also do Mm. Um, which is looking at color values. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you want to know if the design that you're going for is going to stand out at, and just look good when it's done, yeah. um, taking a black and white photo of exactly. the project that you're working on will sort of remove a layer of distraction from your project. So like um, as someone with autism, having many, many different kinds of input all at once is can be really overwhelming and hard to separate. Mm-hmm. And so doing like a black and white photograph so I can look and see just the dark things and the light things and specific patterns and stuff sort of takes away some of the noise. Yeah. And even though the colors are still very much here in this tool, it does sort of a similar thing for me because at some point, since you're so used to these colors, you stop seeing the colors themselves and just start seeing how they interact with each other. Yes. And um, and it doesn't really matter what the colors are are it matters what the values of the colors right. are right um, did any of that make sense I, I think so I think so I okay. was I was definitely getting it I was picking up what you're putting down um speaking right. of the the black and white photo thing mm-hmm. remind me uh and that's what I think we've talked about I think so before remind mm-hmm. me if we have if I'm thinking of this correctly yeah okay um the red glasses that you can use for seeing those color values as well have you seen those no but it makes sense yeah it's same kind of idea 
really, they probably were used before having... I mean, it's like darkroom stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's before you people had a cell phone that they could take a quick photo and make something black and white. The idea was it I mean, was making everything kind of look the same color tone, therefore you could see the, the light and dark values. And, but yeah, and I think that, that comes yeah. from yeah. developing film yeah. Yeah. because that's how in a dark room because I did that in college. Um, nice. And I specifically worked with black and white mm-hmm. film because, of course, I did. And yeah. that is how in that red light when mm-hmm. you've got film in the developer, or not film, but photo paper that has been exposed in the developer, you know when to stop. Like, you know when to put it in the bath to stop the the further development. Um, And I think that those... I feel like someone who did photography noticed that and was also a quilter or something like that. Something, yeah, exactly. Because it just makes so much sense. Yeah. Or someone developing, like, cinema film. Sure. Sure. Oh, black and white television. Okay. That's probably where a lot of this comes from. Because in order to get the actual richness of colors, um, even mm-hmm. in just black and white, the the depth of tone, right? you have to use completely, like... You look terrifying. Um, like, the Adams Family set, for example, is pink. Oh, if, right, yes. because Which is amazing. Yeah. Because those tones reflect a certain way with studio lighting. And right. so the same thing with, like, makeup and things like that. Right. Well, and that's why, like, when you do take a black and white photo of, say, a quilt, a lot of times the, the colors show in that... St- in such a different way than you expect them to. And that's, that is that same idea Mm -hmm. that that they would use for creating black and white. Yeah. Things stand out that for sure don't Mm -hmm. stand out. I mean, they probably are, I mean, they definitely are contributing to a, like if a quilt works, that's one of the reasons why. But, um, and if it doesn't, that is definitely one of the reasons why, but it, I, I really enjoy the the subtlety of how your brain deals with color in like several different levels. Yeah. I will say like one of my probably one of my biggest glitches when it comes to color is that I have certain mm-hmm. colors that I really like to use but they can end up feeling like a very similar value. And so when uh-huh. they're put together, then I'm like, oh, no, it does. It's it's it just has kind of like a dull feeling to it. And it's harder with things like embroidery and cross stitch to anticipate that, I think, because. Oh, my because it just gosh, shows up. sometimes you cannot tell until you. you exactly. You can't see it, it until it's and, done. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and things <sighs> that colors that look very different from each other when you're holding two skeins of thread next to each other. Yep. Can or be... even in squares on a pattern. Right, exactly. When Once it's, you add when texture. It's, stitched, it's like, oh, oh no. 
You can't. You can barely tell yeah. the difference, even though it yeah. in theory. My looks Golden the same. Girls book required some reworking um, with hair colors and such yep. for a while because the correct colors, like the in theory correct colors, mm-hmm. just did not read that way. Yeah. Even though I was designing on a white background and stitching on a white background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just didn't didn't work that way. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with someone who was doing a cross-stitch pattern based uh, that was like created from a photograph and mm-hmm. and of of a human and yeah. getting skin colors translated from photo pixels into thread colors. That's so hard. She basically, she said, well, I just, I chose colors that seemed to look right based on seeing the photo, not what the, the photo to cross stitch pattern thought it should be because the pixels just read totally wrong. And so it, mm-hmm. it took a fair amount of trial and error to get it to look right and get shading correct and there's some things that color unfortunately some things that color tools don't get right (laughs) so no and it's like the subtlety and interaction between two areas that are very close together yeah and I mean it's one of the reasons like I have a pretty specific style of designing people mm-hmm. in cross stitch patterns yeah. which tends to be the thing that gets me hired yep. but it takes absolutely forever like there are a finite number of squares involved mm-hmm. in a head yeah but it can take me hours or sometimes days to get it to look right even if all of the spacing and things like that technically are right. Yeah. They don't always look right. Yep. Yeah. When you're talking, especially like skin tone threads, it's, Ugh. there's some like, DMC has added more colors that are helpful, but yeah, sometimes it's just really hard to get those things correct. Yeah. Well, and the labeling is also really hard. Yeah. So you can end up with, very peach, like yes. very yellow undertones, very pink undertones, uh-huh. relatively few green undertones, and even fewer cool undertones. And I happen to be someone who has blue undertones. Yeah. And so it looks like skin tones, especially if I've only been looking at me recently, mm-hmm. look especially orange. Yeah browns can go from either like this like funky like gray brown to like Mm -hmm. really really dark yellowy brown and there's like some yeah and like a lot of reds also (laughs) yes lots of reds Mm -hmm. in there finding in between not not always so easy not always so easy Uh, there are certain makeup companies and i don't generally wear makeup but i usually have some just in case I need to go on a red carpet, you know, like you do. Like you do. Um, like you do. Uh, but they've just started making them in the same shades, but different undertone. 
colors. Ah, yes. And the difference between... Because usually when you get as pale as I am, yeah. you tend to get pink undertones. Right. Like, because everyone assumes that you have red hair. <laughs> um, like, that's what it's made for. Sure, that makes sense. And, um, although I look kind of tan right now. You do. Thanks, uh, filtered light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's not real. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, I, I'm loving that that exists in makeup and I'm waiting for specifically marketed skin tone um, like yarn and well, um, seen, embroidery floss and things like that to catch up. Yeah, you've seen the yarn line that Crafty is Cool has now, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's like, and it's good. Yeah, she was. Yeah, one of the first places that you saw that really come out, and in a way. Oh, absolutely. And Allison, just for the uh, for context, yeah. also did um, the uh, crochet. Golden Girls right. book that is sort of the counterpart to mine, and I'm not sure if she did the Bob Ross one, but we have we have done a bunch of opposite. Oh, I know. Um, she has done opposite books. She has mm-hmm. done a <laughs> she has a a cross stitch design for an artist. Yes, who I looks remarkably similar am, to Bob Ross, but it's not officially Bob Ross for reasons. Uh, <laughs> yes, for, yes, for reasons. Um, and uh, those reasons may have moved elsewhere. Um, <laughs> but her line is, and I've seen a couple of bigger companies basically swoop in yeah. and copy yeah. her idea, even really, really similar packaging mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And while I love to see the need being filled, yeah pay her right right it needs to please pay her because she put a lot of work into yeah finding and sourcing an entire array of skin tones and like she just did a really good job yeah and i mean in one sense dmc with their embroidery floss they've had you know none of what they've done has been like at least in things that I've seen, you don't have like, here is the skin collection, right? Like it's not that, but if they I were think to, they should. I think they should. If they were to do that and say like, look, we've actually, we've selected these colors to, to help you like as a starting point and, and we've added in these colors yeah, to we've make this really this work, through. that would be fantastic. And, and they have added. And if it could be put together by someone who wasn't white. That, that would, would be also be good. Even better, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, because we've... They they really need... We've figured out yeah. paler skin they, tones. They could really largely. stand to have a whole team of people so that you could have people of oh, different I agree. Skin, skin tones, you know, really I just think it, that but, they yeah. have done a much better job with um, people who look as though they have European heritage yes. as opposed to anywhere else right and i mean obviously they are a european country i or company i get it but it's time to jack jack (laughs) jack would like cat colored embroidery floss please um but jack is like seven or eight different colors exactly see 
It's perfect because then they get you to buy more embroidery Most floss. Most of those are skin tone. <laughs> it, it could work. It could work. Um, speaking of uh-huh. embroidery floss, uh, another yes. resource that I have here in the list is a website called stitchpalettes.com. And I have... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, it's a... It would help if I click on the right thing. Okay. They have all kinds of color palettes and they are usually based off of photos and mm-hmm. it's a good way to kind of like get like the feeling of a color palette that you like. And my favorite part about these, cause I don't always look to other websites for a color palette in itself. Although I have done that. And I know that a lot of people sure. would find that, that part itself to be useful because it mm-hmm. is, but it lists out the colors with their names, with their DMC color. And then if you go down a little bit, they have the color codes for RGB and CMYK for adding into. Yes, please. Thank you. Either for printed things or for your screen web-based things. And as a designer, especially putting together the files so to go helpful. things, it's it's fantastic. But I think it's a useful website for a lot of a lot of people. And you can search by a DMC number and then it will show you all manner of palettes that go with it. But I've used it even just to look up uh, numbers for for certain colors. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, well, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I have a CSV file that I use that honestly probably is, I imagine if I wanted to look at the source code for Uh for this website, that may or may not be where it came from. There are Um, different sites though that have the color codes themselves are different from each other. Like the same color is put together in a different way. So looking at different options I've found has been helpful, but not all of them have, have the CMYK for printing, which is interesting. Which is really helpful. Um, I also think that if you're like a really good thing to have on hand even if you're not trying to take a deep dive into being good at colors, um, specifically having just a basic printed color wheel mm-hmm. that you can pull out, like it becomes really obvious why something isn't working because uh, color wheels are sectioned off in like groups of colors and you can see physically that the colors across from the color that you're working with on the color wheel are going to work with it while other colors won't and you can see that play out Mm -hmm. visually which is really helpful and I have just a normal color wheel that I have and like this is similar to like if you happen to be a watercolor painter you might have painted one of these yes um and it's the same thing which um i don't know if you saw this but i put it in my instagram stories maybe yesterday it was someone who took a i think it was just like a wooden ball and they masked it off and they painted a three-dimensional color gradation kind of a thing on the oh i didn't see it ball and it's amazing and their whole account had things 
similar to that where they were making like color wheel kinds of pieces and um oh that's fun I, I mean often when I'm even designing something I will I will just try to like pick colors across like the whole spectrum like have like a rainbow and then choose some like lighter and darker tints and shades to work with yeah. and that gives me like a good thing to work with but yeah it's all of the even a low-tech color wheel very useful um yeah and it can make you look like you're it can make it very easy to make something that looks like you know what you're doing yeah yeah switching gears just a little bit do you want to talk about some of our favorite projects that would use like especially choosing lots of colors for things like one of the first things that came to mind for me was like color temperature quilts and afghans and cross stitches and all of those things. Have you ever made one of those? Oh yeah. I haven't. Um, but I kind of want to do it now that I'm in a place that literally during the day can have a 40 degree change, which is interesting. That is interesting. Uh, layers are your friend, I assume. It hasn't really mattered yet yeah. because it's been like 90 during the day and yeah. 50, um, or like in the 90s and in the 50s. And so by morning when the temperature starts rising again, it has just cooled off to comfortable. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but I, I really want to do, um, specifically a, a knitted, like a throw Mm -hmm. of like the high and the low every day. Okay. Yeah. Starting on, in January. That would be a good time to start it. Uh, I was thinking like, were you going to (laughs) go, were you going to go for like the average temperature of the day or just the high. Cause I think some people just do like a high, but I could be wrong. I, I forgot that I've seen where it's high and low. I was but... thinking uh, high and low. Yeah. I like it. Cause that would give you a, a more mixed range of color. I've also, have you seen the, it would also give me two rows a day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cause have you seen ones where people have done it as a scarf? Yeah. Yeah. Those are very fun. Lots of ends to weave in, in these sorts of projects, unfortunately, but they are pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's a really good argument for crochet then. I think, uh, I want to say, is it Karina? What is Karina's last name? I don't remember. She's been doing a a cross-stitch color temperature thing, I think. And hmm. that has been, I, I think that's very cute. I do like that. Just because you can add a small you know you're just doing a handful of stitches and she might be I'm trying to remember how she has it I'll have to find it and see if I can link to a picture of what she's been working on but that's very fun I'm also curious hers might be in celsius and you have a a smaller range of of numbers in that case so I guess in that case when people do color temperature projects in Fahrenheit, they usually choose like a range of temperatures. If you're doing it in Celsius, you might just choose a color for each number. I mean, I was thinking stitch by yeah, uh, stitch by stitch and a range of numbers. Yeah. Because um, since I want something wide-ish, 
Yeah. Um, I was thinking doing something like 110 stitches wide mm-hmm. and then better not get any warmer than 110 oh, good, good grief, yeah. No. I mean, it it hasn't. I don't even think well, it's hit 100 yet. I imagine it's going to I imagine it's going to drop below 0 though. So significantly. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cuz I think I've seen them where they're even just like grouped into yeah, like Yeah, cuz I should do a midpoint. Or, uh, uh where they're grouped into like 10 degree blocks. Ooh, I want to do one that is uh reflected over a midpoint. So Ooh. the um so I would do like saturated colors on the warmer side and muted colors on that the cool. cooler side. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That that will either be the problem with this project is it's going to be depressing. <laughs> it 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 could very well be. You definitely see when you have like the really long chunks of either bitterly cold weather or unseasonably warm weather. Right. And that's, yeah. Both of those are not pleasant. Yeah. No. Hmm. No. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I just want to, now I just want to start a thing because of course I, I do. Well, I, I'm the, the color mutation, Mutation? Wow. The color permutation. <laughs> I mean, also <laughs> mutation, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, okay? <laughs> I didn't say a word. Uh, the color permutation generator 100% makes me want to make a granny square, a crocheted granny square afghan. Like, so much. Well, yeah. I mean, it... it or a log cabin quilt walk. Also that. You know, I will also say one of the great benefits of this and making sure that all of the colors basically get spread out equally is that you could just buy the same amount of materials for every color. True. You aren't you don't Very have true. you don't have certain colors that are going to use up more yarn or more fabric because it's That's delightful. It's all the same. I didn't think about that until now. Ooh, that's a that's a really solid argument for that. It is also the same design mm. that comes up on that. You one hundred percent could cross stitch that. Oh yeah, without without much brain power at all. Oh, I mean, it would end up being like Bargello. <laughs> yeah, it would. Which okay, now I'm thinking all these things for Bargello would also be would also be wonderful. Yeah. Anyway. So I think that I think that we we've touched on all of the the color things that we need to for now. We've got planned projects. Always always a good idea on on the Very Serious Crafts podcast. We've right. we've geeked out about color theory uh, just enough and mm-hmm. and found some tools to make it all happen. So, any other additions? Uh, no, I don't think so right now. Any any subtractions? Simply because additive color, subtractive color, you know, that's a whole other thing. I would like to subtract a few degrees from the current pattern that would be my uh, temperature. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> quilt, cross stitch, knitting, crochet, whatever. Okay, we will we will request we will request request that God turns the thermostat down outside for you. Just a little bit, <laughs> just a touch. Sounds good. Sounds yes. good. All right. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all of the other things that are Very Serious Crafts related at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Sorry, I was like, Very Serious Crafts adjacent. Adjacent. <laughs> they're they're uh, not adjacent. A permutation actually, of yes, very exactly. serious crafts. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> and finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Because good ratings, they help us. Indeed. They help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting, find us, and I've apparently turned in to New York just for a moment. You know, you can take the girl out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the girl. Is that it? <sighs> I'm just referred to you as a girl, which is not really, That's all right. you know, a fully grown woman. <laughs> all right. I don't know where that... I answer to most things. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we're going to close Bye, this out everyone. now. Bye, friends. <laughs> <laughs>